welcome to You Got This, a podcast about teaching and learning and sustaining community for everyone at Thompson Rivers University. I'm your host, Brenna Clark-Gray, Coordinator of Educational Technologies, and this podcast is a project of your friends over at Learning Technology and Innovation. We're housed within open learning, but we support the whole campus community. I record this podcast in Tecumloops Te Sequetmuk within the unceded traditional lands of Sequetmukulu, where I hope to learn and grow in community with all of you. And today, today I am thinking about that, that lottery slogan, know your limits, play within it. Was that an Ontario thing or a BC thing? Anyway, I'm thinking about limits and how the heck you're supposed to play within them. Well, let's get into it. I am having a week with a capital W. <laughs> and it's only really just begun. I'm recording this much earlier in the week than usual because I'm sort of looking ahead at the week and thinking, ooh. It's not really that it's particularly oversubscribed so much as there's a lot of like work-life imbalance going on this week. I've got medical appointments. My kiddo is homesick and finding space to um to brain. I don't I don't know how to brain this week. If anybody needs me to brain, I'm going to need you to ask someone with a fresher mind than mine because mine is already tapped out and as I say it's it's embarrassingly early in the week to feel this way. I'm reflecting on this right now because I'm trying to get into a new habit with my to-do lists. I write a to-do list every week usually on Sunday night and it's a way of mapping out my week. It's a way of feeling in control of my schedule and making sure that nothing is falling through the cracks. I don't like feeling overscheduled but I prefer it to feeling like I've missed something really important. And so to-do lists, I live or die by them. Sometimes I die by them. Like I forget to do it. And then I look and see everything that has gotten sort of out of control and out of scope. And I, yeah, you know, it's a lot of stuff all the time. So I'm trying to get into this practice of not just writing my to-do list on Sunday, but trying to take a realistic look at what the week is going to feel like. Obviously, sometimes we don't know. There's there's infinite surprises, right? <laughs> what will this week have in store for me? Will Moodle do something ridiculous? Will Big Blue Button do something ridiculous? Will my schedule suddenly fill up in a way I wasn't planning? But, you know, sometimes, you know, right? You look at your kiddo or someone else you care about and you see that they're looking a little under the weather and you think to yourself, hmm, you're going to take some energy this week. <laughs> or you look at your own life stuff and you realize, oh, I am not going to be 100% in my body this week. As I get older, I'm trying to recognize those triggers, I guess, better and plan around them. So this is a week I've told myself for no new tasks. <laughs> this is a week for cleaning up things that are already cognitively in process so that I don't have to I don't know, kickstart my brain because it's not present. And it's a week for cleaning out my inbox, I hope. Gosh, I hope. If you're waiting for an email from me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just so sorry. Anyway, 
what I'm realizing is that this is not a week for brand new tasks, as I've said. So I'm trying to triage next week and give myself some gentleness and some space this week. And I guess that's why that slogan, know your limits, play within them. (laughs) Know your limits, play within it. It rhymed, didn't it? The slogan? Anyway, I guess that's why that's resonating for me right now, because I'm trying to get a lot better at knowing my limits. It's never been my strength. My to-do lists are typically like aspirational documents. Here is what you can do if you have infinite time. Life doesn't really work like that. And I'm beginning to realize that creating these to-do lists for myself that are just like unattainable is really setting myself up for failure. (laughs) So at the ripe old age of 38, I think, let me do the math. Yeah, at the ripe old age of 38, I'm figuring this out. Anyway, I'm bringing it up this week because, well, think of it as an offering. I know I'm not the only person with the infinite scroll to-do list that doesn't really reflect what's actually going to happen that week, but reflects a sort of ideal, let's put ideal in heavy quotation marks, by the way, because it probably reflects like an 80-hour work week. I know I'm not the only one who does that. So consider this a little... um, a little bell that I'm ringing for you to try to set yourself a more realistic set of tasks for the week ahead. You deserve not to get to Friday and feel like a failure because you set yourself up with an unattainable set of goals. I'm starting to believe that, right? Oh, my friends, I'm a work in progress. And where would I be without this podcast as my weekly therapy session? I ask you. <laughs> If what you tuned in for was to hear someone very delightful talk about learning technology, then you are in luck because our newest member of our team, Amanda Smith, learning technologist, she is joining us to talk about why she likes her job and how she's learning WordPress and why you should feel like you are in extremely good hands when you reach out to our help desk. I'm going to let Amanda take it from here. So I am here today with the relative newest member of our team. You're not really new anymore, Amanda, but you kind of are still to me. Um, I'm here with Amanda Smith. Amanda, would you introduce yourself, let people know what your role is on campus and how they might find you if they were looking for you? Yeah, so my name is Amanda Smith. Um, I'm obsessed with dogs, Harry Potter, and desserts. I'm a learning technologist, right? Who doesn't love those things? Um, I'm a learning technologist at TRU, so on Brenna's team um, with LTNI. And we basically support and develop the deployment of digital learning technologies. So I'll answer questions and support faculty, um, staff, and students with questions from Kaltura to Moodle to WordPress. And usually you can find me if you're emailing the support desk. So if you get a message back from Amanda, that's me. That is. And you answer most of the support tickets these days. So people are hearing from you a lot. Yeah, I do. And like you said, I mean, I've been here for a couple months now, but every day there's something new. So yeah, it's it's good being on the help desk because you learn so much. Moodle is an endless vast and big vortex. So (laughs) I was going to say you learn a lot, but it's also literally like standing at the end of a fire hose. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, Amanda and I have an ongoing DM thread, which is like, I would say 30% Moodle questions and back and forth problem solving and 70% where to find the best desserts in Kamloops. Yeah, that's my passion. As you can probably tell from my WordPress site, I'm a big foodie. And that was, yeah, I actually moved to Kamloops from Vancouver, which is where I'm from in Burnaby, actually. We moved here in 2017. And to go from all those different food options to this, I'm so I'm always searching, always looking for the next new thing. I love this. I also moved up here from, I was in New West actually until 2019. Yeah, it's funny because I grew up in a small town. I'm like, and I mean an actual small town, like Kamloops is a big city. I grew up in a town of a thousand people. It's little. And so I don't think of myself as like a city person, but I was definitely thinking the other day of foods that I miss, like things that I just haven't found the the perfect specimen of here. Because oftentimes what you end up with is like one of something. And if you don't like the one place, you're kind of in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, besides that, like I love Kamloops. It's a small tight-knit community and I always say, I always joke, I'm a grandma at heart, so I like to stay in and I don't don't need the big city, but yeah, I do miss the options. It is nice to have a variety to choose from right now, that's for sure. This actually segues nicely into what I was hoping we would get a chance to chat about today. So one of the things that, and I only stumbled upon this like a couple weeks ago, but can you tell listeners a little bit about how you've been teaching yourself more advanced WordPress skills? Because I think it's cool. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, um, I'm pretty new to the team. Um, I had a little bit of experience with Moodle in my past position, but none in WordPress. Um, and I've always wanted to create a website, just been very intimidated. And now being in this role, having to help people with it, I thought the best way to learn myself is a practical use. So I created the website. So it's loopslife.truebox.ca. And basically, it's just my blog about all our different local vendors and food places in town, different collection of all, all local things, all foods, home decorations. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been using to teach myself. It's really awesome. Like, first of all, it's fun. I just think it's so neat to create what's basically a sandbox for you where you're learning how to do different things. And the site, and I know you've had you've had help with it, but it's really quite sophisticated. Like the tools that you're using and experimenting with are very cool and ones that many of them I've never even played with. But you're doing it to create something that like reflects your hobbies and your passions and your interests. Like I just think it's really neat. It's a good example of how maybe how much easier it is or just how much more engaging it can be to learn through play than just kind of going through a bunch of rote exercises. Oh, totally. Like I find myself even working on it on the weekends or at night because it's just something I'm passionate about and I've always loved. Like we have people come over to our house and they're just like, where's that painting from? And I'm like, let me tell you. So instead of having to like verbally, you know, talk about, oh, this really cool donut place, like it's, it's all in one place. And I feel like I get to showcase the vendors. But again, I get to also learn things that I need to know in my role. And it was good networking too, you know, like I get to meet new people, people in our departments. I talked to Nicole Singular and Stephanie says she helped me a bit. They did some of the graphic design. I asked them on advice, you know, for people who are new to creating a website, what are some tips? I talked to them about, you know, where to get royalty-free images, how to choose your coloring, which funnily enough, I said my inspiration was Tiffany Pratt. I don't know if you've seen her on some of the baking shows on Netflix, but she's yes. a, yeah, she's a Toronto-based <laughs> designer and it's all just like pastel 
overload pinks and blues. So you'll see that on the site. But yeah, I mean, it was really cool. Like you think it's, you know, pretty straightforward, but it does have a little bit of a learning curve. So I got to learn how to use the different blocks, how to add a button, how to insert an accordion, an info box, an advanced gallery, all these sorts of fun things you can play with. It's just such a good way to go about learning and to want to dig in more because, you know, you've got a goal in mind and you're looking at different tools to implement. And you mentioned Stephanie and Nicole, who folks have heard on the podcast before, and they're on the OL Media team. It, it just also helps that they are really accessible and easy to chat with and get help from. And it's just, I don't know, it's a nice kind of community site, but it also reflects the community that are helping to orient you to your new role. I, I just think it's neat. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. And they're very knowledgeable. I mean, I think they have years on me, but... Just as simple things like the tips I would share with like our audience is like stick with one theme. (laughs) I kept switching from Ascend to Cadence and it took me a while to realize that not all themes are the same. So you'll be looking for a for a Cadence block that's not there or things are different. So just just basic stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good tip though, too, because when you're working in WordPress and you change your theme, you are not just changing as you as you suggest. You're not just changing visuals you're changing like what tools you have access to and sometimes you're deleting your own hard work I've done that on more occasions than I care to think about so Amanda as you kind of suggested you joined us from somewhere else on campus what was your role before you came to learning technology I started at TRU um, in the School of Nursing I was a program assistant there more specifically with VSCN program and I helped with the practice placement. So I did a lot of the electronic side of things. We had a system called HSPNet, and that's where you would electronically send out placement requests, accept them. Um, and I'd also help with a lot of their electronic access, uh, their required documents. So that's kind of the capacity I worked in there. We were so glad when you came to join us <laughs> because we knew you for working in nursing. And we knew how like quick you were at picking up things. I remember Jamie saying to me, there's this woman who works over in nursing and I wonder if she would come and work for us. Sorry, nursing. We stole your Amanda. Anybody listening who has dabbled in Moodle knows that it's not the most intuitive system in the world. But one of the things that's been so impressive about you joining our team, Amanda, is that you have you have gone so quickly from like knowing a couple of things in Moodle to knowing enough to operate our help desk almost full time. I think Jamie and I each take an afternoon and basically you're on the desk the rest of the time. So I wonder if you have any thoughts or reflections on like the learning process or how you get yourself comfortable with a new technology quickly, or maybe what your favorite tips or tricks are, anything you want to share with us about your little Moodle journey you've been on, which I shouldn't say little, your enormous Moodle journey you've been on, quite frankly. You know, it's so funny. I was just thinking about this the other day, like first kind of segueing off, like it's so interesting how it's like, you might go to school for one thing and you end up doing something completely different. So Ooh, yeah, I I went to SFU Simon Fraser University and I actually studied criminology. Oh, cool. And yeah, and I actually worked for a couple different um, police detachments before this, doing all sorts of things, whether it was records or adding warrants on the system. And then, yeah, when we moved, I got the job at TRU and obviously landed here. But it's just so crazy to think you start one one way. I never would have thought I'd be in a role like this. But that's sort of like how you're saying to learn a technology. 
they needed someone to help out with Moodle. So I just sort of jumped in and I just loved it. And it just, that's how I figured out what I wanted to do and what I was really interested in. And then what helped with learning it as well is like, it's just when something you're interested in, like back to the website, if it's something that you're really passionate about or interested in, or even if you're just an instructor who wants to make your page look a certain way or be more functional for students, when it has like a practical application and you're working towards a goal, it makes it so much more driven and something you're more passionate about. And I would just suggest just start small, like start making small changes. You know, if you want to learn how to make the colors, try, try that first or learn how to highlight part of the text. I think a lot of times we just get overwhelmed with how many things Moodle can do. Like I said, it's an endless vortex. And of course, you can do things like three or four different ways, which doesn't help. Yeah, I would just say start small with little tweaks and improve from there and feel free to like reach out to us because like you said, I mean, I just started picking your guys's brain and I bugged you so much. I'm so sorry. I'd always come to your classes and email and yeah, so it's just about networking and having the confidence to start small and build from there, I think. Yeah. And also like nothing to apologize for because you ask thoughtful questions and then you implement what we help you with, which is like, that's the ideal person asking a question. That's like, it doesn't actually get better than that in my day-to-day world. So I appreciate it. But yeah, I'm thinking, you know, it's funny you were saying you studied criminology, like Brian and I both have graduate degrees in English. So it's like, The only person on our team who's qualified to do this work is Jamie. (laughs) I remind myself of that all the time. (laughs) I know, right? Speaking of Jamie, basically the first big project you worked on after you arrived on our team was the Moodle orientation site. The Moodle orientation site, uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. If folks haven't checked it out, it is, first of all, it's a thing of beauty. Um, But second of all, it's the first time we've ever had really well-organized support materials. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about building that orientation site, especially when you were yourself so new to the technology. I mean, I'm guessing that was a really good learning experience, if nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, that was a great learning tool for me. I think what really made it so easy for me, honestly, was just that those I'm a huge note taker, so I already had a lot of those instructions and steps in my notes. And yeah, I mean, We sort of threw that together in a shorter timeline than we would have liked. So we sort of wanted to focus on like the main things or the main issues people encounter um, or the biggest tips. And we build it out from those main topics. But our hope is that over time, we can have really, really big resource with a lot of different uh, sources and instructions and just sort of build on it and have the tiny details too. But that's going to take time. It's interesting I don't know how to phrase this. It's one of the first resources we've built that I can see the expansive possibilities of because it was so well organized at the start. And I can say all this because I had literally nothing to do with this project. It just like crossed my desk pretty much fully formed one day. Jamie was like, what do you think of this? And I was like, what? Is this what you've been doing? (laughs) Like, It's amazing. But one of the things that really strikes me is like, yeah, it's so well organized and so well laid out that we can expand upon it. Oftentimes, we've been so pressed for time, particularly since the start of the pandemic around here that like, we haven't had the ability to build really expansive or expandable resources. And I don't know, there's something about that Moodle orientation site that and the Teaching Unbound site that that Stephanie and Nicole worked on as well. Those two resources that really there's such a more professional representation of our work. And I think, I don't know, that's why I appreciate them. It's, it's really nice to see these 
resources that just look so good, you know? Oh, thanks. And I think too, like I said, I think it helped being new because a lot of times you'll see instructions and those sort of like assume, you know, okay, go to the dashboard. And I'd be like, okay, if, you know, first log in, you know, then get to like kind of have the smaller pieces. And also I'm very much a visual learner. Like I need to sort of see the steps or have screenshots. So to whoever I answered tickets on with a flood of screenshots, <laughs> I apologize, but that's how I learn. Like I need to see where I'm going and have a visual. So I think that really helps having the steps right in front of you to sort of follow along with. Otherwise, if you're sort of met with like a lot of text, it can seem overwhelming at times. So we try to do a lot of that as well as like have videos with instructions along with it. So yeah, we tried to make it helpful for a lot of different people, whether you're just starting out or you're building on previous skills. So I hope that comes across to people. I hope it's helpful. It is so helpful to be new when you're helping people, which I, you know, it seems counterintuitive, but you know, it's so easy to start skipping steps. And I can see that in myself. Like I used to be so much more better about like creating detailed screenshots and sending them back. And now I'm like, well, you just click here. And I have to remind myself, no, 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 no. This person just got their Moodle account yesterday and that's not helpful advice for them. But it's also like part of it is just about learning our community, right? And knowing who needs, who prefers screenshots and who needs more detail and who just wants you to point them to the online documentation. And, you know, it's um, it's a part of our job that... I think a lot of people don't realize is just how kind of like tailored the feedback ends up being for different individuals as we get to know people better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a big part of our job is sort of meeting people where they're at, you know, because different people have different levels of comfortability. And like you said, some we have some pretty advanced users too. that sometimes I think they know more than me. (laughs) I could be asking them questions. But yeah, like you said, there's some people who are brand new. They don't even have their account up yet. So I'm like, okay, you need, you know, first log in. They're like, I don't know how to do that. So yeah, it's definitely meeting people at their level and their expertise and helping them or giving them suggestions that they're comfortable with. Yeah, I think that's definitely been a big positive in being new because I can relate or also relate on like just being a student myself, right? And having the user experience and know what people are going to be met with, what features of Moodle they're going to get frustrated with or not be able to find. I think that's a big thing too. Oh, it's a huge thing. I've noticed that even just like having the empathy to remember to say to people like, oh yeah, I also really find this confusing or actually like here's an easier, quicker way to do it for me. Maybe it'll work well for you. You know, like I just try to remind myself the last two years have been such a change in practice for so many people. Like even though we're back face to face now, there's there's this expectation of having your materials online that never really existed before. It was like a nice to have before. And now our students have come to really lean on Moodle, especially in this time where like we're finally as a society acknowledging that like hey, people get sick sometimes like, and we don't want them to come to campus when they're sick, you know? And so to me, it's a really good thing that we're starting to provide students with multiple ways of getting at information. But there's no doubt that it's been a huge learning curve for folks. And I think one of the strengths of our team is that I think we're pretty approachable. Like, I think it's not scary to ask anyone on our team for help. And I think that's really important. I Yeah, I hope so. I hope we come across as like friendly and fun. And I think that's why I always introduce myself or when I have to write something up, give some of my interest because I'm like, hey, I'm just like you. I love to eat. <laughs> I love cute dogs. You can talk to me. 
But yeah, and like cycling back to what you were saying, I think that's a big thing with the pandemic. A lot of people have sort of were thrown into having their course virtual or students were using it for the first time. And again, that was kind of a positive of being new to this position is like everyone's been so great and had so much patience. I think it's given me a greater appreciation for people who are learning this and trying to pick it up and being patient with them. We have some great like students and instructors who are like, I'm so sorry, I just can't find it, right? And your heart goes out to them. You're like, it's okay, I'm going to walk you through this. And at the same time, like people have been so great and patient with me because I feel like I learned, I've learned quite a bit, but there's still so many minute things I don't know. So a lot of times I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm going to look into this and investigate. I will find the answer. I'll get back to you. And I, you know, people have been really gracious and been like, okay, no problem. And I always add in, you always add in the line, I'm new. Even though, like you said, Brennan, <laughs> it's like been a couple months, but you know. No, but it's true. And, you know, we threw you in at the deep end, right? Like you had support while you were answering tickets, for sure. We were around, but you were answering tickets on your own pretty early in the process. And like the reality is that our team is too busy to not do that to people. Um, you know, when I started, we we were not nearly so busy. And I, I got spent a couple of weeks shadowing Jamie. And then I had a couple of weeks on my own, but the questions were really pretty straightforward. And it was like, can you set up my new course? Okay. You know, the kind of questions that we have now are much higher level because our user base is much more comfortable with the technology. So it's a good thing, but it also means that for brand new team members like you, it's like, okay, well, we're going to drop you off at swimming lessons, pick you up at five. Bye. <laughs> I know. Well, like I said, I'd be like, okay, well, you're doing this advanced grading feature in Moodle. Like, let's learn this together because I haven't done this either. But no, it's great though, because like I, I get really excited when people want to learn different features and make their Moodle courses like really interactive and fun for their students. So I'm totally game to learn if they want to. And again, like I think the tip to everyone is like, if you really want to learn this and you can find a practical use because we've been so busy. A lot of times I've had to work on my website at night or on the weekend, but I love it. It's been fun. And it's been a great way to get to know different people in our community. And I don't, you know, I don't begrudgingly do it like, oh, I got to write up about these donuts I ate last <laughs> fun memories, right? So yeah, that's what I totally recommend is try to find something you're interested in. And like, you know, I know, Brenna, you have that podcast class that you're hosting right now. And I'm trying to learn how to do that as well. So yeah, that's something maybe I could do in the future. Sure, Amanda, just learn one entire additional technology to everything else you're learning right now. <laughs> Notice how I said future. Yeah, yeah. My first list journal entry, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to be able to support people to do this in our role. And I might create a podcast. Might. <laughs> it sounds eminently reasonable. We're getting towards the end of our time. And I want to leave with probably the most important. Well, I'm going to ask you the two most important questions. So first most important question is, what are your top three desserts in Kamloops if I made you pick right now? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting that. No, question. I know you were say that. I was getting nervous. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, how can you do this to me? I could talk about this for hours. Top three. Okay, I have to say number one would be uh, Gold Leaf. Oh, yeah. Would be their, their cookie sandwiches, they're all good. But if you haven't, oh my gosh, the oatmeal raisin with apple cinnamon icing in oh, between. So good. I haven't tried that one, but I am I am a raisin skeptic, I have to tell you. 
Oh, I hate raisins, except for in that for some okay. reason. It's that good. Okay. It's that good. That's a good selling pitch. Um, okay. Yeah. Number two, I would have to say it's fairly new. I think in the last year, Bryn's Bakery downtown, their cinnamon buns are so good. Mm-hmm. I have, a, so I have I them in my freezer right now. I haven't made them yet, but I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know. You've done the hit and run. You've been there. Just put them in the freezer for later. Mm-hmm. Good on you. Yeah. Um, third. Ooh, this is a hard one. Um, Log Jam Donuts, which oh. is on my website. They're so good, especially the glazed donuts, because I was very skeptical. I'm like, glaze, that's boring. They're so good. You know, if you read on my website, my friend actually grabbed one we ate as we walked around the park, went back for a box more. Oh, They're that good. Okay. See, I haven't tried them yet because I, well, I just haven't gotten downtown at that time <laughs> yet. So I'm excited. Okay. I will, I will try those. Yeah, they said they're going to make a storefront on the North Shore soon. They're hoping. So that is exciting to me. That you is might goodness. see me there <laughs> often. <laughs> That's very exciting to me. Okay. I have to say that if I was going to give you my top number one, it would be Marianne's macarons when she's got really good flavors. Like this week at Friendly Composting. This is high. This is my new. You can uh, apply for advertising if you send me snacks. Not really. Um, but <laughs> me too. The box this week at Friendly Composting is like, it's like mini egg macarons, Snickers. I don't know. The flavors are just amazing. A chocolate birthday cake, which is my kid's favorite one. So I ordered a box of those. I'm very excited for tomorrow. Oh, that sounds so good. I can't wait for her Easter flavors. Yes. Yes. I'm just, I'm a big fan of her work in general. So yeah, um, that would be my number one. Although gold leaf macarons are also good. The flavors are just not as fun. Okay. And then here's my number two most important question for you. Best place to buy gifts in Kamloops if you had to pick one place. I, again, I'm a sucker for supporting local. That's something that's really near and dear to my heart. Um, so if it was me, I'd probably get somewhere at a local shops downtown, probably a Crooked Crown. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm, yeah, because that's actually like what Emily created the store f- uh, for. Mm-hmm. Is she loves to curate gifts special for that person that you're looking for. So yeah, she's got um, a lot of different things from like bath bombs, chapstick, hoodies, jewelry a lot of my gifts from my husband's are is from there and I like to subtly hint he likes it because it's easy but yeah it's great and I think if not all most of the stuff in her store as well are all from Canada so you're also supporting BC and Canada and local so I definitely recommend that for sure. Nice I was I was expecting you to say far and wide I don't know why but I was expecting you're going to say far and wide you know what? They have, they're great too. And they also support local. That would be probably a close second, but they have such like fancy stuff. And I'm like such a klutz <laughs> and a lot of it's kitchen stuff. So it would be broken on my floor, but they, they do have a lot of cool stuff too. And a lot of cool treats and food and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, kind of a, kind of a sucker for stationery and jewelry, but it's, it's really interesting. Like Moving to Kamloops sort of in this moment as a lot of really interesting small businesses are starting up, it reminds me a lot of, I moved to New West in 2010, like right before New West got super cool. And uh, it's really fun to see community come online and really support small business. So I just thought I'd give you a chance to tell me your favorites because I always need ideas. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, yeah, we're definitely growing. I remember I moved here in 2017 and like, I was like, yes, we've got a Sephora, we've got a Lululemon and we've got more of the chains coming but like you said also a lot more local like Jardine's Domain is having a kitchen and home store open downtown soon so oh fun I'm really proud of that yeah yeah oh that's cool 
Well, Amanda, you've been such a great addition to our team, and I'm sorry it took me this long to get you on the podcast to introduce you to everyone else, but folks, if you've been getting tickets responded to by someone named Amanda, this is our Amanda. We're very fond of her. We're really glad she's here. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. If you get tickets from Amanda, that's me. So don't be afraid. I don't bite. And (laughs) we're all here to help for sure. I'm so happy to be a part of the team. Thank you for asking me. Ironically, I hate the sound of my own voice. So I've been like dodging because I'm like, oh, no. But how can I say no to you? You're such a sweetheart. And I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks, Amanda. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks, Brenna. Bye. So that is it for season two, episode 22 of You Got This. As always, if you want to write to us, you can email me. I'm bgray at tru.ca, and I'm also on Twitter at Brenna C. Gray. And in both cases, that's gray with an A. All of our show notes and transcripts are posted at yougotthis.truebox.ca. And of course, you can always comment on individual episodes there. I'm going to leave you today with a tiny teaching tip. And it's sort of in the spirit of know your limits, play within it, but uh, maybe a modeling of that, which is to say we're getting into silly season, right? End of term is coming, lots of major papers, lots of exams, lots of stress on our students. I would love it if you would consider this week checking in with your students about your expectations and theirs. This is a good time to make sure that students have a clear sense of what's expected of them over the next couple of weeks and that you have a clear sense of where your students are at uh, in terms of moving through the content effectively. So I think that this is a great time of year for an anonymous survey to be circulated, to just check the temperature of your students. And I always recommend when you do that to leave a space at the end so that students can volunteer their identity in case they want you to follow up with them. But I think it's also a good time to just start class by saying, hey, just let's go over the deadlines that are coming up in the next little while and what I'm expecting from each of you for those deadlines. I think that taking 10 minutes out of class over the next couple of weeks to do that can really help students to feel like they are on top of the material in your class and clear on your expectations. This is such a hard time of year. I think we all really struggle as deadlines pile up and expectations become, maybe the expectations aren't murky. It's just that we haven't checked in on that class or that assignment in a while. Giving your students kind of a free reset can be really powerful. So I encourage you to offer that as a little life preserver for your students. And I hope that you'll join me in my quest for a more attainable to-do list for yourself. I wish you gentleness. I wish you calm. And I wish you 10 minutes of quiet because, oh my God, what I would give for 10 minutes of quiet. (laughs) You can send some to me via inter-office mail. I would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, I am always rooting for you. And we'll talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye.